Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pure Victory Podcast, PVP. Remember that, Matt? We were talking PVP. We're going to bring that back. Hashtag PVP. But uh, thanks, everybody, for checking back in with us today. We are always excited when we bring you a new episode. I think especially today, though, we're excited. We have an amazing guest on, Julie Slattery. We've known of her for for many years now. Even my organization, Family of Canada, has done some things with her, but very well known in the space of sexuality and a biblical understanding of sexuality and everything that flows from that. So we are so excited to have her. She, if you don't know her, she's an incredible author, speaker. She's been married for 27 years, which is amazing. That's great, Julie. Uh, Clinical psychologist. She has three boys. And um, we are just so thankful, Julie, that you took the time with us today. Thanks for being here. Sure. Thanks so much for having me. So most people, when they're asked when they're kids, like grade one, grade two, hey, what are you going to be when you're older? We don't talk about, hey, we want to talk about porn and sex and all of that. So, <laughs> so how did you get into this? Why is this a passion for you? Yeah, uh, I definitely didn't know I was going to be doing this when I was younger. Uh, I think maybe in high school and college, I knew that I wanted to be in ministry, that I wanted to help people integrate uh, God's truth into daily life. So, um, so very quickly went into the field of psychology and was more of a generalist helping particularly women navigate marriage and family issues. And of course you uh, encounter the topic of sexuality in just that general work. And so I had done some writing and speaking on the topic then. 
but it was about 10 years ago that uh, God really got my attention and laid on my heart just this burden for sexuality, for the confusion around sexual brokenness. And so at that point, I um, stepped out of my current role of ministry and started a nonprofit. And it has just been a journey of faith ever since then. I'm sure you two can relate, just often feeling uh, like I'm in over my head, but God just provides the wisdom and courage that we need. And the topic is always changing as uh, there's new iterations of just the kinds of struggles and brokenness that people encounter. Yeah. There, there's so many, I guess, layers to this, right? So uh, you you might say you feel like, you know, you've done enough uh, in the space that uh, people call you an expert, but this is such a difficult thing because you, like you said, there's so many layers, so many nuance to this. We're always learning and growing and understanding of this, but based on kind of what you've seen and, and what you're, what you have dealt with over the years, this, in this area of regards to sexuality, why is this such an important part of our lives? Hmm. Well, uh, you know, I think at a surface level, we can say because it's causing so much havoc, you know, it's uh, ruining marriages, people are addicted to pornography, uh, they're wrecked by a sexual trauma from the past. So we look at the symptoms and we say, we've got to be able to do something to address the symptoms. But then when I think we look more deeply, we have to say that uh, our sexuality is just so intricately Uh, intertwined with our spirituality, with how we see God, how we understand his goodness, um, what it means to be set free. uh, And also our understanding of God flows into how we navigate sexual issues. And so my passion really comes from the fact that when we talk about sexual things, it always opens the door to talk about spiritual things. And, uh, you know, that's what's eternal. And so uh, there are an awful lot of people for whom sexuality is a barrier between them and God, when in reality, I think he designed it and created it to be really something that teaches us about him. So that's, that's what keeps me going in this ministry. Which is such a cool perspective, because as we all know, there's so many churches or pastors that are hesitant to talk about this. But when you say, no, this is a representative of our view of God, and there's these positive connections that we can make, it's so powerful to talk about that. And so we, there's so much bondage around it. One of the things that you just said is our understanding of being set free. Can you yeah. dive into that a little bit? Yeah. um, So for example, you know, we believe when we read this scripture that when we come to Christ, we're new creations in Christ Jesus, that old things pass away. We get this new identity as children of of the King. Um, We say amen when we hear there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But in my experience, most Christians can uh, assent to that intellectually, but when you apply it to their sexuality, there's a hold up and, um, and they don't feel free. They feel in bondage to shame and they feel in bondage to sin that is enslaving them, even in bondage to things like uh, body image issues where uh, a woman feels like she just can't even enjoy sexual intimacy with her husband because she's so ashamed of the way her body looks. Um, and so when Jesus says that he can set us free, He's talking about every area of life. And I feel like our church tradition kind of says, well, there's freedom for a lot of areas of your life, but this is one that, you know, somehow is just too shameful for, for God to get involved in. And um, when we talk about that, like I can just see like 
people listening like, oh my goodness, I never thought about that. Mm. You're right. I do still have all the shame around my sexuality. Um, and, and sexuality isn't a compartment of your life. It's meant to be intertwined with what it means to be intimate, what it means to, uh, understand your longings, um, you know, just feeling alive and, ex- and excited about relationship. And so it's not just what we do with our bodies. It's so mixed in with everything else that when we're not free in our sexuality, it really does hinder relationships and even our relationship with God. Hmm. You know, I know when I was growing up, um, as a teenager, just what you're talking about just really resonates with me because there was a lot of a shame associated with sex for me. Not so much in the sense of maybe my understanding of me as a guy, but maybe more in the behavior. It really came down to, you know, like I remember basically when it came to say things like masturbation, someone threw a book my way once. I think it might've been one one of my parents. And in that book, I didn't have anyone to kind of navigate it with me or figure it out. So I just felt a lot of shame and a lot of misunderstanding about this. And then even when it came to things like porn, same thing, when it came to even fantasy or all these other things, I had no outlet to talk to anybody about this with. And so that's how the shame really just built and built in my life to the point where it entered into, you know, into my adult years and learning to navigate that uh, in a healthy way. But often we're kind of given a bad start point, aren't we? Um, as we're coming into this, because we don't have anybody to talk to about this, right? So right. How, can we, how can we change that so that this shame doesn't grip us at these, I guess, developmental parts of our, and stages of our lives? Yeah, I feel like that's one of the advantages that I've had being a psychologist, because my job for many years was to be that person behind closed doors that people told their secrets to. And in the early years of, uh, of my practice inside, I would be thinking, wow, like they think that too, you know, like, oh, they're struggling with that too, because I felt that same way. Like there were things that I would never speak out loud. And then when you start hearing the same themes over and over again, it's like, all right, this is, this is a problem for everyone. And then taking another step into ministry that only focuses on sexuality, like people just come out of the woodwork at events and through a website, just saying, please help me. You know, this is what my background was like. And I think what we need to realize is that when Christians are squeamish in talking about sexuality, we make uh, the intellectual leap that God must be squeamish as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, he must be embarrassed about our sexuality. He must be like looking at us like, Oh my goodness, you guys are so awful and broken. Uh, And that's not at all what we read in scripture. And so I do think a first step is normalizing these conversations, not for the sake of shock value or um, being crass, but really just saying, hey, this is part of the normal human experience. And God cares about this area of our life. He created us to be sexual people. It was his idea. And he really cares deeply about our redemption. Uh, And the more we have conversations like that in church and on podcasts like this and in families, the more we start to realize, okay, yeah, this is a difficult area, but it doesn't have to be one that's uh, overlaid with silence and shame. Yeah. That's huge. I, it, you reminded me of one of the stories, the really cool transforming stories uh, from one of the guys in our program, Jason, and he got free of his addiction. And then he's able to talk to his wife more freely, but then they talk to their kids more freely. 
And on our website, you can actually see a video of them. And he just says, porn is not, not a taboo subject in our home. And, mm-hmm. and their kids now are talking to their friends about sexting and their stance on porn. And, and it's really cool when we can just, like you say, normalize these conversations, help people understand what's going on. And, and it's not something that's going to be scary in the home anymore. And, and with that, it does affect our view of God. And so what have you seen in terms of the, the change? Like when somebody starts to realize, oh, this is affecting my view of God. Like when someone's in addiction or bondage, how do they view God? And then how can that mm-hmm. be transformed when they experience freedom? Yeah. So one of the things that happens is um, when we experience sexual brokenness, we start to feel what we might in psychology call cognitive dissonance and cognitive dissonance is, well, I've always believed this about God. And now my experience is telling me that might not be true. Uh, And there's all kinds of examples of this that are causing people um, in this day and age to question their faith, whether it be, you know, the LGBTQ questions or being like, well, is God really good? Uh, Does he love us? Did he create us? Um, But when it comes to pornography and sexual addiction, I think one of the, the biggest challenges is if God is all powerful, why doesn't he take the struggle from me? And, uh, you know, men and women that will just plead with the Lord. I don't want to struggle with this anymore. I want to stop. I'm promising that I'm going to stop. And then they find themselves back in that same behavior and the cognitive dissonance is, well, wait, you know, like the scripture tells me if I cry out to God, he's going to meet me. And it tells me that if I'm in Christ, you know, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be enslaved to sin. So why am I still enslaved? And this is so critical. I really believe this is where the real work of ministry is, is getting to the place where people are not just struggling with the sexual issue, but the sexual issue is pressing on, is God trustworthy? And what does it mean to depend on him? And there's all kinds of examples. You think of uh, the many people who have experienced sexual trauma. If we never get to the question, why did God allow this to happen? Why didn't he stop it? we're really not getting to the heart level issue of um, being able to trust God through incredible pain. And uh, I think those questions can be scary for people. And so we tend to avoid them, but they're also the place that invites us into a deeper intimacy with God and a deeper trust for him, of him. Hmm. So why does God let things happen? Oh man. Uh, here's, here's the key. Uh, you know, I think, I could give you a great book by Tim Keller or Phil Yancey, you know, all these guys that would answer this from a theological perspective. We could look at the story of Job, which I think is a really, a real wrestle with that question. And I think it's very interesting that God himself doesn't answer it. And so I think we have to be very careful about uh, giving our simplistic reason one, reason two, reason three, you know, this is this is one of those issues we see in the book of Job where God simply reveals himself and uh, and that's enough for Job. And that's what I've seen happen over and over again. When people ask me those questions, I don't want to answer it for them. I want to lead them to genuinely asking mm-hmm. God that question. You know, where were you and, and why do you let those things happen? And why won't you take this away from me? And I really believe that's the place where we are able to encounter God and see how much greater he is than, than we are, how, how his perspective and his wisdom is beyond our understanding and his presence 
uh, is enough uh, to strengthen us through those crucial moments. Hmm. Yeah, I I think what you're touching on there too is the redemptive power of God's love for us and his invitation into a deeper intimacy with him. And I think that's a response that he gives us um, to the brokenness that we encounter with our sexuality. I think of, you know, those examples in scripture with the adulterous woman who was thrust before him, you know, and, and uh, his response to her was so loving, right? Uh, it wasn't the sin that he saw, you know, and, and the way that he responded to her was in love and kindness. And then that changed her life and transformed her. Yeah, um, yeah and, so true. And it's that response to us is is something that he has in abundance. Um, and I think that you're right. Like sometimes we don't have all the answers on those areas. So I'm so thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I know for a lot of people out there, you're right. We can't give a, a glib answer or a, a one liner to re- mm-hmm. respond to whatever they've been through. But man, when you meet Jesus, um, the power in that just washes over um, all those things that you may have gone through and um, just bring healing and freedom and restoration in those areas. And I know that that's a process and whatever else, but it's there. And so I just wanted to say thanks, Julie, for sharing that. But, you know, in our ministries, one of the things that we see time and time again is how sexual relationships or sexual behavior, it just becomes this huge stumbling block for so many people. It just puts them on a bad path in life sometimes. You know, they might be doing well, but then all of a sudden they hit this this area of life where maybe they make some bad decisions or something happens and specifically sexually. And you know, it's kind of this attitude I think that the world has that uh, uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I view of sexuality, yeah. right? You know, yeah. kind of boxed and compartmentalized. But question for you here out of this, why does sexual behavior and some of these sexual choices that we do make have such a profound effect on us? I mean, mm-hmm. it just it just really can set the course and trajectory of our life. So why is that? Yeah, I, I think it speaks to the powerful nature with which God created sexuality. So uh, we see this in the scripture, like in particular, first Corinthians chapter six, where Paul is saying, what you eat, isn't that important. You know, food is going to be destroyed someday. Your body's going to be destroyed someday. Like knock yourself out, eat whatever. Uh, Of course they didn't have McDonald's back then or anything, but, uh, but, but he's saying, you know, what you do with your body in terms of food is not that big of a deal. And then he says, but what you do with your body sexually is a big deal. And if your body belongs to the Lord, everything you do sexually also is sharing with the Holy Spirit in that sin. And he goes so far as to say every other sin a person commits is outside of their body. But when we sin sexually, we sin against our body. And that's a mystery that I think we've all kind of scratch our heads and saying, well, why is that? And uh, the impact of sexual sin and of sexual trauma, both of those things on our bodies, on our brains, uh, how it gets wired into the way our brains function on our spirit in terms of feelings of shame that are just so hard to shake, speak to that mystery. And we can go and look in the brain and look at the neurology and explain it from a neurological perspective, but there's something beyond that. Uh, Why is it that sexual trauma is so much more uh, devastating than a car wreck or even being beaten up? Why, when there's sexual abuse or rape involved, does it take it to a whole nother level? And because it's violating something that is sacred, And as much as our world tries to talk us out of seeing sexuality as something sacred, 
it's written in creation uh, and we can't, we can't undo it. Uh, and so I think that speaks, that's the negative part, but the positive part is how powerful the gift of sex is when it's stewarded in a way that honors its sacredness uh, and really looks to, okay, what does God want to reveal to us through our sexuality? Wow. That, that hit me when you compared that to a car wreck, mm. the power mm. of sexuality is so much greater. There's a couple of guys recently who have said to me, you, you know, I was abused 20, 30 years ago and it was 20 minutes of my life one time or 20 seconds of my life one time. And now decades later, they're still affected by it and having to work through it. And so I've been dwelling on that lately. Maybe that's why that hit me because just the power of, of those experiences or even our three-year-old boy, we're teaching him about private parts and what to say if someone wants to see or touch. And it's like, why that part of our flesh rather than, you know, a finger or an elbow. And there's, there's such power in that. And so when you're teaching on God's design for sex, what are some of these light bulb things that happen in people's minds where they've believed one thing, but then you teach God's design and maybe even from your book, rethinking sexuality, what are some of the biggest revelations that really see uh, or help people see sex in a different way? Yeah, I think um, probably the thing I get the most feedback on is explaining the three narratives of sex um, and uh, this is something that we could spend an, an hour on, but essentially it's, it's helping people understand that it's not what they think about sex that matters. It's how they think about sex, that we all have a narrative that defines uh, our sexual worldview. And so I'll explain what the cultural narrative is, which we can all relate to that our sexuality is so important because it's a core aspect of our identity and our self-expression and all of the dysfunction that comes from that, including pornography reinforcing that. And then the purity narrative, which is sort of the traditional church narrative that most of us grew up with. That was all about behavior and following the rules. And this is the one way you can please God and uh, the shame that has come from that and sort of a narrow understanding of sexuality. And then I explain this biblical narrative, which is far more complex and comprehensive of Genesis to Revelation. And sort of the thesis of the biblical narrative is that sex is first and foremost a form of revelation, that God created our sexuality to reveal to us the nature of his covenant love. And even when I say that, you're like, what? You know, so uh, I'll spend an hour, you know, going through the scripture and showing people the full story of God and sex and how that that relates to you when you're single and how it relates to you when you're married and how it relates to pornography and how it relates to recovery from abuse. And it gives people a backdrop from which they can now say, wow, I see why sexuality is under such attack. And now I see why Jesus really does want me to experience redemption um, because the purity narrative, you know, is just, it gives you no hope. It's mm. like follow the rules or all yep. is lost. And the cultural narrative is compelling, but it's not true. And so I think people are really searching for that true narrative. Yeah. Just as you're explaining that, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. The confusion we see in our world today on both ends of the spectrum and then everywhere in between. So for people out there that as far as, hey, I want to have a biblical understanding of this, I want to move in the way that God's leading me and be directed by the Holy Spirit in regards to my sexuality. 
what are some choices that they can start to make to move yeah. in that area? Because I mean, this is a for, for many people such a big question. They don't even know where to begin. So, like, yeah. what's kind of some of those starting points to get on that path? Yeah, I think we got to stop just swatting at problems. And so the problems get our attention, you know, the problem of, I can't stop looking at porn or sex isn't working in my marriage, or I'm single and I'm lonely. Uh, those are the symptoms, uh, but we have to be curious as to where are those symptoms coming from? And I really believe a lot of this begins with, um, you know, like scripture says in Romans, we need to renew our minds. We don't realize the extent to which we're living by lies related to our sexuality. And those lies come from the culture, but they also come from, again, that simplistic church teaching. Um, you know, people feeling like I can never be pure because of what I struggle with or because of what I've done. Um, people thinking I can never be healed. I'm too damaged. Uh, people thinking, you know, sex is all about compatibility and my pleasure. Like we believe these lies. We never put voice to them. But it's not until we start pursuing the truth and really seeing God's heart for this topic that we begin to say, wow, like Satan has a stronghold in this area of my life and I never realized it. Um, so I, that's a process. Uh, it's been a process for me personally. Uh, most of what I teach, I didn't know 10 years ago. So I keep learning and just passing it on. Um, and I grew up in the church. Nobody was talking about this at this level. And, uh, and so I, I think it really does require our attention and our engagement, uh, our conversations and our pursuit of truth. Amazing. Well, we're so glad that you're doing that and you've got so many resources and, and, uh, and talks we know out there. And so for people that are listening, obviously, I mean, we want to know more people listening, want to know more, where can they find more, uh, stuff from you? Yeah. Uh, kind of the, the website where you can find everything is authenticintimacy.com. And uh, there's a podcast that comes out once a week where we just talk about these issues and there's online book studies available for people that want to be in process with us and uh, speaking events, just all kinds of ways that you can plug into what we're doing as well as we love to point to partner ministries. We're not the only people doing this work. So uh, as you yourselves know, just we're all in the battle together. Absolutely. And that's why we so appreciate you, Julie, and all that you're doing, your team's doing, because this is such important work. And we just want to thank you for coming on with us today and, um, and just talking about this. So I think it's such an important, um, impactful area that we need to be discussing. And um, so thanks for taking the time today. Sure. Thanks so much for having me. All right, everybody. Thanks again for checking with us uh, this week. And we're actually going to have Julie on next week as well. And uh, she's going to be talking more about some of these things, um, particularly our identity um, sexually. So you're going to want to not miss that. So thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.